Do you know what's going on? I don't know. Maybe it's another drill. You hear about that new land speeder I got from Toy Hut? No, tell me about them. That uh, ToyHut.com with two T's? Yeah, that's the one. Got a free vinyl sticker because uh, I ordered some uh, figures that was over $25. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. I heard they had the largest selection of Star Wars collectibles in stock on Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk. So are they going to be able to ship all the way out here to the Death Star? Oh, yeah, they ship all the way out to the other rim. The problem with ordering stuff online is it just it moves around and it totally screws it up. Oh, no, no, Jet's Toy Hut has a zero-movement policy. They'd have to have, like, seven different kinds of boxes. Yeah, that's what I heard. Wow. You guys keep an eye out for some Rebels. I'm going to go order some stuff from ToyHut.com. Will do. Hey, what was that? Ah, uh, who turned out the lights? ToyHut.com All too easy. Hey, Soda Jerks. Hang around. It's going to be a good one. I'm Kevin, serial killer Leeson. I'll be checking your candy for poison. I'm Creepy Chris Stewart. No, no, these Snickers bars are medicinal, man. I'm Frightening Joe Fulgham. Please check this episode for tampering. I'm Torin Fun Size Atkinson. It's the Caustic Soda Halloween Spooktacular! Halloween comes from 1745, Scottish shortening of All Hallow-Even, the Eve of All Saints, the last night of October. All right. The last night of the year in the old Celtic calendar. Okay. Where it was Old Year's Night, a night for witches. So it was, it was like their New Year's Eve, only it was more like uh, evil. So what, what did they do? They sacrificed virgins? Stewie? I thought it was Our special guest. A special guest. Hello. Hi. Stewie. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, if you ask two different historians, you'll get two slightly vaguer answers. That's why oh, I hate historians. Counts. They can never get their story straight. Yeah, the pagan stuff comes up a lot, but to generalize just the end of the, the harvest season, it's a, a good time to... Sacrifice the, the winter vir- kicks it. Yeah, sacrifice virgin. Uh, uh, or sacrifice virginities, yeah, I think, whatever. I think you'll be disappointed by the lack of virgin sacrificing. No. Well, except, well, in a literal sense at any rate. What's the the deal with wearing these scary masks? That was to scare away the evil spirits, correct? Or trick them so they like don't see you or something. Again, vague answers depending on who you talk to. But yeah, in, in general, is to fool like to walk amongst them because they're coming back, so you don't want to be recognized them, oh. or to put them on to, to scare them away. This is, just, yeah. depending on who you ask. There's a different interpretation, of, and and, and they, they could all be right. Because depending on what area you're talking about. If I was Supreme Lord of the Omniverse. And and you aren't? I would make it mandatory that all Halloween costumes must be scary. Yes. Well, what about hmm. the sexy on ones? No. Uh, you can be sexy favorite. scary. You can be sexy mummy. You can be sexy ghoul. All right. You can be sexy ghost. What no, no sexy Optimus Prime. In fact, in fact <laughs> you can dress up like a sexy kitten as long as you're all white. Because then you're sexy ghost kitten. <laughs> well, what about Optimus Prime? You tell me you you want to take Optimus Prime off the table because he's not scary. Uh, if you make him zombie Optimus Prime, <laughs> I went as a zombie Vulcan one year. Okay, using, I remember that. I using your next generation Star Trek jumpsuit. <laughs> oh, and right. I had the green blood dripping from my 
moons and all that. It's very fitting after the uh, the brand new movie. What was everyone's favorite Halloween costume that you've worn? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. The one that leaps to mind, the one that I was happiest with, I did an unknown soldier. It was when I was still in the military, put on a uniform and just wrap my head in gauze. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great Superman one as a kid. There's a picture of me jumping off a chair. So photo of me in mid-flight. Oh, okay. That was a pretty good one. Uh, was it the one with the fake? Did it have like a T-shirt with muscles on it? Oh, or? No, no, well, no. It was. Or do you have padding a, in there? No padding. Actually, it was just kind of a kid in a. But it was a great like mom, the silk cape and all that. Was it, it was zombie awesome. Superman? Nope. Wasn't Bizarro Superman? No. Nope. Disqualified. Just Superman. <laughs> it was just Superman. What's wrong with Superman? Uh, what are you, Joe? Uh, I'm torn between. No, I'm torn. You're Joe. <laughs> I'm torn between. Okay. It's a little different. Uh, I am torn between probably uh, Fifth Element. Uh, my ex and oh, I right. dressed up as, uh, she dressed up as Lilu and I dressed up as uh, Corbin. Yeah. That one and the time that we went as uh, Zena and Gabrielle. I was Gabrielle. Yes. Mm. I have photos of those. I'll put them up. Uh, the most shameful uh, performance on the costume department was by far when I, uh, yeah, when I dressed up as a woman. I am not an attractive woman. <laughs> Torn will recall hosted a Halloween party one year, and I went as the bride. Kill yeah. Bill Two had not nice. come out yet, so I went as the bride. Oh, nice! nice. Yellow jumpsuit, plastic, cheap plastic uh, child's sword. You see, he did get a scary costume. Yeah, that was a very scary. <laughs> costume. Very scary costume. Do you know what the origin of the tricking and the treating is? Nobody does. Uh. Yeah, you know what? Not even the internet? Well, I mean, I just don't know. Before they had doorbells, like, what would you possibly do to somebody to trick them? It's kind of a a morphing of the idea that the spirits come back and you have to appease them, right? So the idea that the spirits come back on that night and you have to, like, go to offerings, etc., or they're going to cause havoc. So somewhere along the way, again... Nobody's 100% sure exactly how the... So trip- if you don't leave an offering for the demons, they'll burn your house so down. So the little kids dress up as demons come door to door asking for tricks or treats. And- really, it should be treat or trick. Not trick or treat. I guess that's true. It doesn't roll off the tongue like trick or treat does, though. That's just because you're used to it. Jack-o'-lanterns? Well, that's got to be just a, like kind of you know the whole same thing as the costume thing about like setting up a sentry to like scare off the, the demons. evil spirits. Yeah. It's got to be, right? All, all we're going to prove here with this one is that we love the modern stuff and we'll talk about it to no end. And the old stuff is really just kind of undocumented. Well, yeah, it's kind of like lost in antiquity. There we right? go. See the the turn. I was going to bring it up. There's a, a lot of old stuff again. So you get the Harvest Festival and around that idea, you get a lot of weird superstitions and stuff like that. Uh, one of the ones I looked up, it's funny because I have a book of superstitions. Uh, and going back to like the 1600s and then like every 75 years or so, there's a vague uh, switch up of the idea of going out into the garden and pulling up a turnip and uh, like – and it varied. Like sometimes it was like you pull up the turnip and depending on what deformations it had, that would be the deformations your your spouse would have. Or when you got married. <laughs> Tell the future, um, divining through turnip. Yeah, mm, but, and, and then weirdly, you know, 75 years later, you pull it up, and if it was a good-looking – it was less about it being a bad turnip and a bad husband. It would be about, oh, it's an awesome turnip. You're going to have an awesome husband. And and I, I'm not sure exactly when the pumpkin switch came, but, yeah, there's a picture there of the, the turnip. Um, again, Ireland. It's not much of a leap from a turnip to a pumpkin. No, once you're, might, once you're carving up Ireland, vegetables. Though, yeah. The thing is, though, is that the, a lot of this stuff goes back um, in the UK and, and Ireland and all that, and it's all root vegetables. I don't know when it That's turned into gourds. Does anybody yeah. know, like, is Halloween celebrated, you know, outside of sort of the 
yeah. Western, Western world. world. In, in different ways, yeah. It's uh, a, And a lot of other countries recently have picked up basically exactly what well, America yeah. does, just they, because it's fun. Yeah, I mean, they pick up on this because it's a great excuse to party. But like yeah. historically, like 200 years ago, were people dressing up and carving gourds like outside of the UK? The old stuff. Everybody had an end-of-the-year thing. Like I said, this is where the vagueness comes in. Like yeah. you, you wander around Europe, for example, and that's where the slight variations come in. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a harvest festival, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's hooray. The harvest is in. We're done all our agricultural work. Now we're just going to live off what we've made and rest yeah. while it's cold and bitter. So let's have our one last big party, treat the kids, have some fun. Well, I mean, I even heard once that in, in England itself, like Halloween isn't nearly as big as like Guy Fox Day. Like Guy Fox Day, kind of. Mm, absolutely not. Jonathan Ross, for example, talks about it. Uh, I caught him on a couple of podcasts. The UK uh, Jay Leno or whatever. He's a big, big talk show host over there, and he's a, a big Halloween nut. And he talks about how it's slowly moving in over the last ten years. Yeah, there are people like that tend to in the UK throw big parties or block parties, or what's been kind of transforming it. People who throw block parties and invite the kids to dress up and all that. And kind of start introducing elements of the um, you know the North American Halloween, yeah. right? But it's been very very slow. It's only been in recent years that any sort of market has popped up for Halloween in the UK. So why did Halloween take off in North America, and now it's kind of like it's almost we adopted it from the old world, turned into something kind of new, and now it's kind of going back the diaspora, the Halloween. The, uh, the the girls dressing like whores and the boys <laughs> dressing like girls diaspora. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's because we did it right. Yeah. Like, I think all over the world, there's all sorts of festivals and parties and things like that. And the ones that end up being just awesomely fun end up spreading. Right. Yeah, it's starting to spread. Uh, Stewie said in recent years, actually, in uh, in Europe, it's only really been spreading since the 1990s. Yeah. Like, it's really recent that the rest of the world has picked it up, but it's starting to, to come along. Uh, apparently, it's uh, not making much of a dent in Australia. They frown on it because they see it as un-Australian. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah. they got kangaroo night. It'll be the one night of the year the Australians don't drink. I think the main reason it's taken off in North America so well is, um, uh, again, uh, oh God, let's see, what, 150 years roughly? The, so you, the candy you, you, lobby industry? Yeah, well, that, we'll get to that. 150 years back, let's say, like North America was largely agrarian, right? Like it was everybody who picked uh-huh. up from Europe, Europe and moved here. Uh-huh. And most people were working farm jobs and stuff like that. So again, the uh-huh. harvest suddenly became... You know what I mean? Like in in Europe, where a lot of people had maybe moved uh, to urban and stuff like that, Canada, for example, was largely uh, rural in, in in its inception and the way people lived and stuff like that. So again, it's it seems that the harvest becomes a focal at the end of the year. Not to mention that the weather in North America is such that uh, end of October is the perfect time, no matter where you are in in Canada specifically and mm-hmm. you know parts of the U.S. The, the cold weather hasn't really drop the hammer yet mm-hmm. so if you're going to have one last hoorah and stuff like that again the end of october is the perfect time for it the harvests have all come in uh and then the i guess the, the next most famous is uh mexico and oh, the day, day of the dead, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right which is, is again that in is, october though no it's no. november 1st oh all right but again the the, the proximity to the two yeah. plus the, the you know that spanish mexican culture and the whole, moving into the u.s the whole dying you know thing the you know, uh, celebrating with skeletons. and My suspicion is that the the skeletons that you see in Halloween throughout North America, that's where that came in. That's it came from south of the border. Witches and demons and all that were very prevalent. Like you look back through the last 200 years or whatever of print materials and stuff like that. You see witches and cats and the demons. 
and very occasionally you see uh, skeletons. Although I guess gravestones had skeletons and all that. But but then you get. But you it, wouldn't hang a skeleton on your door. No, and yeah. then you get to the you get over here, and of course, like the the Day of the Dead, it's skeletons everywhere, and it's fantastic. So I suspect like that all the the beastal um, cardboard articulated uh, cardboard mm-hmm. skeletons you see on doors and all that, all that stuff is probably adopted in, or, or it amplified what it, what little there was in the Western Halloween tradition. All right, I'm going to throw it out there, Stephen Harper. If you're listening, here's what we should do. Should move the national holiday from November 11th to November 1st, mm. so that Halloween can be that much more fun for the grown-ups. For the grown-ups, and I mean, who even remembers what November 11th is for anyway? So, Kevin, you don't remember what Remembrance Day is about? Hence the joke. <laughs> That's oh, I thought it was it called, funny. I thought it was called Remembrance Day. Remembrance. <laughs> and what about Mischief Night and uh, Devil's Night? What's all that business there? As in uh, Halloween, uh, the, the the mean the, side the of the eve, tricking. The eve of how does that happen on the Halloween Halloween's Eve? Yeah, yeah. October thirtieth. I've always known it as the the night certain cities tend to get worried that it's going to burn down. It's something that uh, dates from as early as the nineteen thirties. Traditionally, city youths engaged in a night of criminal behavior, which usually consisted of acts of vandalism, like egging, soaping, or waxing windows and doors leaving rotting vegetables or flaming bags of animal feces on front porch stops or toilet papering trees and shrubs. So like all that stuff that we think of as Halloween kind of tricks, they would instead just, without even saying, give me a treat or this, they would just go out on Devil's Night just and tricks do other tricks. The trick part of uh, trick or treat has kind of gone away because all of it is highly illegal for the most part. In the 1970s, that uh, vandalism escalated to actual damaging vandalism like arson uh, mostly in inner cities sometimes surrounding suburbs were affected and they became very destructive up until the mid-1980s in detroit's inner city neighborhoods uh, hundreds of acts of arson and vandalism every year on, De- on devil's night well, it seems to have died down now uh, by the early 1990s well, that, that's because detroit has pretty much died out and in 1984 they had a really bad one and their then mayor promised the cities that it wouldn't be tolerated anymore and uh in 1995, they organized and created Angels Night. Had 50,000 volunteers patrol neighborhoods. Oh, they're gonna carry people to heaven or something. <laughs> yeah, they all carry shotguns. <laughs> you become one with the angels. But it's still. You look at the numbers. 2010, they had 169 fires, which in was Detroit. a Detroit in Detroit, which is a 42 percent increase over the previous year. So Mischief Night is the low grade version of Devil's Night. Yeah. Everything we think of that's kind of. Ah, the youth. What are you gonna do? I've never, I've never seen acts of, of Halloween petty vandalism. Though. I've never, I've seen toilet papering. You've seen toilet papering? Oh, yeah. If I seen it. You mean done it? Nope. Have <laughs> you done it? it? Um, Actually, I may have seen. I've, I've probably seen a couple toilet of toilet paper in my butt every Halloween. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> That's it. That's the only day. The fear of Halloween. Uh huh. Samhainophobia. Some Samhainophobia. Sure. Samhain? Samhainophobia, okay. That's, right. that's the, probably the least original and least Latin of all the phobias yeah, we've, yeah. we've run into. I mean, that's just another name for the devil, right? Well, the ain't a Celtic festival was known as Samhain. Yeah. Oh, okay, Where people go. would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off roaming ghosts. Mm-hmm. Samhain. We'll talk about him in the pop culture section. Nice. Pop quiz for top costumes in uh, 2009. Uh, what is the top children's costume? Spider-Man. Torin, what do you think? Without a shadow of a doubt, Spider-Man, Ghost. This is this is this is boys and girls. Ghost. Oh, boys and girls. Yeah. Do you, uh, you want to change your answer? No, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, it's actually Princess. 
Well, all those boys dressing up as princesses really tipped the scales. Yeah. Okay, the top adult costume. And again, this is both men and women. Both men and women. Kitty uh, cat. I think I might have read this one. Uh, I'm going to go... Um, it's not Sexy Optimus Prime. No, it's not Sexy Optimus Prime. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, it's a witch. Oh. A lot of people oh. being incredibly... That makes sense. Yeah. Now, what's the top pet costume in 2009? What did the people at dress at. their pets as? Oh, that would be wonderful, what wouldn't it? it? What was it? At at. Oh, I saw that I picture. I have seen that picture. <laughs> that is awesome. We got to post that picture yeah. online at causticsodapodcast.com. Check out a dog dressed as an at at. It is wicked. But I'm going to go Bumblebee. Oh, Bumblebee is a good one. Yeah. And, yeah, and bdogs.com <laughs> has a whole bunch of photos. It is the worst website ever made. Like, it's not it good. Like it was done on GeoCities but like 20 years ago. It's full of pictures of dogs dressed as bees. No, it's actually Pumpkin. Oh, oh, that makes sure. sense, too. I've People, seen that. I, they accidentally carve out their dog. Yeah, you, certainly you don't want to put an M80 inside one of them. No. <laughs> I, or a candle, you know, yeah. just saying. <laughs> Do you think that many dogs have died on Halloween just from being left on the porch uh, with the rest of the pumpkins until they rot and then they get tossed out? Again, I'm going to say it. I think that's it's the lit candle people are putting inside them that's yeah. really causing the damage. And those punk kids in their the M80s. <laughs> Who's our special research intern for this episode that we'd like to thank? That would be Karen with a Y. Thanks, Karen, for Karen all your with help with this one. Oh, yeah. There's our inaugural episode with a, a research intern. Yeah. What does she have to say about tampered candy? It's kind of, but not 100% a myth. Um, Basically, it has happened that people have done the razor blades. Razor blades in the apple. That's what I always heard. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that has happened. Nobody has been randomly poisoned, but a guy did kill his kid with candy. He poisoned it and poison his friends to make it look random. I went looking because I was I, I got into one of those outrage fits. I, I have it every year at Halloween. Outrage fits? Yeah. I, I remember back to as a kid, a lot of the candy was homemade. Like oh, I yeah. remember trick-or-treating and oh, yeah. a lot of the snacks Get bags were... bags of popcorn and shit popcorn like that. Popcorn balls. Candy apples. Yeah. Oh, no, even better than ba- like balls, of, balls of popcorn. Like yeah, no, popcorn, popcorn balls. I used to get those. Yeah. Oh, God. They're terrible. And then, shut yeah. up. You guys suck. You just... <laughs> nobody. Whoever's making them for you was making bad ones. Then. Let me tell you, nobody ever said like an honest thank you to a popcorn ball but I would have I would have given a huge hug to anybody who gave me a real candy bar. Like a full yeah. chocolate bar. A full-size bar. chocolate a full bar. bar. That guy would be my favorite guy I ever. I was going to blame... I change my costumes gonna... and come back in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I got a whole van full of them. Dude, let me do a little dance. You want me to perform in character for you for another chocolate bar? I was going to blame Big Candy for the, the shift, but you know what? I think we're all complicit is, is what it comes down to. Yeah, Bring it on. absolutely. As kids, we just uh, can't... <laughs> Candy bar, sure. I'm oh no! Except for the uh, the black and orange wrapped candies, oh, yeah, like okay. the super hard oh, yeah. black yeah, candies, yeah. and the bats that don't even have a I name. Love bats. Shut <laughs> up, you! No, no, no. The 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 wrap. They're like black and orange wrappers with like little Halloween images on them. Candy kisses. Halloween kisses, you mean with the not not the chocolate ones, the molassesy ones? Yeah, the molassesy ones. Those are awful. I love. Oh God, you guys suck. How did you make it this far in life? My dad would hand in your Halloween cards. Not eating terrible candy. I don't know if you have Halloween cards or not, but hand them in. My dad would take those like black ones and insulate our house with them. The shift from the homemade candy to the the packaged candy was the phenomenon in the 70s and 80s. And it was a complete media hype that continues to this day. Every Halloween, there's a check your kids. Like, it is one step away from 
Bob's market or whatever is selling fifty dollar X ray machines. Get ones. Or you so you're saying candy. that a press agent from Hershey's <laughs> was disseminating I can't go that far, scares? That'd get me sued. But no, in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, there were a number of scares. Your kids' candy has been tampered with or poisoned, or whatever. And and if you go back through it, and Snopes has, God bless Snopes. They went back through it and found out that of the two, one was foreign objects in candy. There were several cases over the years of that one, but those are ridiculously easy to spot. Like they never hurt anybody. I can totally see the syringe in my candy corn. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. The other I was, was just injecting some heroin in it for you kids. Come on. <laughs> no, where they actually just gave you a syringe. Yeah. It's Hero- like, hey, a dirty it's, use it's syringe. Bars of syringe. Come on, man. Heroin is what I would want in my candy. <laughs> They floated the idea, too, that, that A, I mean, it was obvious that it was pretty easy to spot a tampered candy. Like, if you're going to put a nail or a, a razor blade, blade or whatever yeah. into it, it was fairly easy to spot. And if a child did happen to get to the point where they bit into it, the damage was low. So in those cases of this over, you know, 20 years or whatever, the several cases where there was tampered candy, nobody died. Nobody was horribly disfigured and stuff like that. Poison stuff is even scarier because you can't see it coming until it's too late. So that's the more prevalent one. Nobody talks about, oh, tampered with with the razor blade stuff is well gone. Do we have any actually documented cases? There's one. And it's it's not random, and that's the big fear. They're like guys are randomly going to attempt to kill your children by putting poison in the in the and then hand it out to the kids. And it turns out all this kind of stems from one guy, one sick guy, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, who uh, killed his kid. He just I, I forget the reasoning, but wanted his son dead, and so poisoned his, son, poisoned his son's candy, and then poisoned the candy of his friends to make it look like somebody out there right. had given them all poison candy. And the, I think the little boy died, but the kid, the his friends were all right. How did he get caught? Do we know? I, it, I don't have the specifics on that. It goes back quite Investigators. a ways. Investigators. Yeah. But that, of course, uh, like if I recall correctly, uh, Dear Abby and all these advice columns, like every, the media just went nuts jumping on it going, oh, my God, our children, who will help the children's? And to this day, you still have – and like I said, it, it for, for, for it won. Big Candy won. They were like, ha, <laughs> no more – Candy popcorn balls for the kids. I bet you Hershey's and the dentist consortium were yeah. in league. Maybe oh. maybe the media just jumped on board because they were getting caught up in the Halloween fervor and they wanted to scare everybody. Yeah, this is the, tr- this is the trick. This is the trick. This is, this the is, trick. is a trick on all of us. It's been going it's on the, 40 years. Nobody stepped forward to say fooled you yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with Stewie on this, though, because it sucked as a kid. Because, yeah, like uh, even though I didn't care about the caramel homemade stuff, homemade stuff my mom would still... To protect their kids. Okay, you can have some of your candy, but give me the rest because I got to look through it and make sure it's okay. And, and, and by that before they meant anybody, they're going to eat it all. Yeah. Before anybody <laughs> says no, if it was if it was a dad, then yeah. But my mom was honest, and she like would literally go through and like look for like needle marks. Yeah. In my candy to make sure nobody had injected it with anything. This one has a factory defect. Oh, well, that I was could a, have eaten that. Yeah. Factory <laughs> defects, to, like oh, the number of times over the Halloween's where it was like you get that one. It was the gem of a candy, like a, you know, it was just like. Mutation. A rare chocolate bar candy or whatever. <laughs> like these days, chocolate bar candies are everywhere, but I remember initially they weren't just. Yeah. You got, like, they the, didn't have fun size. You back got the then. Smarties yeah. or the Rocket Pops or whatever they called yeah, them. The yeah. little, little. Pre- like you got a lot of those. But as a kid, you're like, sugar, whatever. Uh. Yeah. But the chocolate bars were rare. And when you, whenever you got one, and the parents are like, mm, suspicious, and they would go, you're like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> God. It's a trick on the I, I don't. I certainly do not remember my mother throwing away any of my candy. No? It would have been a revolt. 
You know, been a revolution. <laughs> I, I can't remember her actually, except for maybe the homemade stuff. I can't remember her throwing anything out either. But she she demanded that she got to look through it all well, for tampering. I, I, I remember do. getting to keep the homemade stuff because some of it we would get from our neighbors. Care. Yeah, and then they were hoping I would. He's uh, pretty expensive. I remember eating all of my Halloween candy and getting terribly sick, and then Merrick, my brother, hoarding his candy, and then me finally getting eating all of his candy as well. Getting sick. And getting sick. <laughs> I since, maybe that's where the po- po- poisoning hysteria came from. Oh my god, my kid ate seven pounds of candy. And he's sick. He must be poisoned. So basically, knowing that it's pretty much a universal hoax. Mm-hmm. All you'd need to do is go door to door with a candy removal service, volunteering to take everybody's tainted candy, and then you score truckloads of candy. So this is what you're up to this year. So the I, next, I say go for it. I see a gleam in Torin's eye. <laughs> the next day, door to door, show, show, flash a little badge, candy reclamation. Right. Candy reclamation <laughs> squad. Have you, have Put it in any... this giant orange pumpkin, uh, plastic pumpkin with the black handle on it, please. And if anybody calls you on it, you just tell them it's your costume. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you rent you rent yourself a smart car in the black and orange. You I just suggest drove city of Vancouver Halloween yeah. candy reclamation. I suggest uh, everybody call Torrin on his cell phone. Any suspicious candy here this evening? Yeah, yes, give me that. I'll take those Twizzlers. <laughs> that Mars bar. Everything's fun the, size. Everything's fun size. Bring it on. Yeah, we're <laughs> really positive for your safety, citizens. <laughs> Didn't you hear one time some kid died? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I actually have the information on that, the, the okay. one. And I've, there's a few other cases where similar things have happened that have actually propped up this urban legend. Uh, but the one where somebody, a kid did die, it was 1974. He was eight years old. His name was Timothy O'Brien from Pasadena, Texas. And he died after eating a cyanide-laced package of pixie sticks. However, the police investigation eventually determined that the poison candy had been placed into his trick-or-treat pile by his father, Ronald Clark O'Brien, who also gave out poison candy to other children in an attempt to cover up the murder. The murderer, who had wanted to claim life insurance money, was oh, executed was right. in 1984. Crazy. And if there's any justice, it would have been on Halloween night. Yeah. Oh. You'll see me again. <laughs> or uh, the, um, the irony would have been as if they did it by lethal injection. Or lethal pixie sticks. Pixie sticks. <laughs> Eat these. <laughs> also in 1970, a five-year-old boy from the Detroit area found and ate heroin that his uncle had stashed. Uh, he died following a four-day coma, but the family attempted to protect the uncle by claiming the drug had been sprinkled into his Halloween candy. Uh, why did he put the heroin in a little package, little Halloween? Don't they normally wrap that's it up a tin in... Foil, uh, yeah. You know, they, those chocolates that are just balls of chocolate, but they have the tinfoil wrapper yeah. with a pumpkin on it? Yeah. But otherwise, it's just a regular chocolate. That is a lot what I think heroin looks like when you're just carrying it. Because exactly. I don't know much about heroin, but I think I've seen it in the movies and stuff. It's like wrapped up in tinfoil. So it? a public service yeah. announcement... Don't put keep your heroin in Halloween candy packaging. Mm-hmm. What I love most about it, though, is that this story came back and bit the candy, big candy, in the ass. Uh, oh, I hate big candy. Uh, one, oh, no, wait, I love big candy. <laughs> wait, hold on a second. Uh, Fuck one, fun size. One month after. If, if fun size is small. Fun size is. Funnest size must be much bigger. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the elation size? The elation. That's regular. What's the That's diabetic coma size? Elation size is regular size chocolate bars. Uh, diabetic coma size, they call family size. Mm-hmm. You eat one, of those, oh, eat one okay. of those little chocolate bars and you go, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Post 9-11, thanks to... to- <laughs> breakfast cereal? Yeah. Post no, 9-11. <laughs> Part of this good, good breakfast. Uh, after 9-11, thanks to, thanks to the confusion and, and fear of 
of 9-11. Terrorism in general. And terrorism in general. Anthrax. And, and uh, anthrax hadn't hit yet. Um, and thanks to the internet, uh, the hoax started to spread at uh, Halloween that year. It, letters would go around. So-and-so works at a Costco and they saw a man of uh, Middle Eastern descent. With a beard and a turban. $3,000 or whatever. Oh, and then yeah. my friend was at another store and saw another guy buying $7,000 worth of candy. And it turned into this email, don't let your kids eat the candy. The terrorists are obviously going to mount a Halloween poisoning uh, attack. The great Halloween massacre of... Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, it didn't matter that it was prepackaged candy. Like Halloween, not so jolly. Oh. It was a bad year for big candy. But let me uh, let me just do this as my public service announcement. If you get an email or even Facebook-type rumor about stuff like this, go to Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com, and search for it because you'll probably find it, and it's probably false. What if Snopes.com is a j- massive hoax itself? It's a hoax within a hoax. It's a meta hoax. Then it means that the conspiracy theorists have so thoroughly invaded and taken over our reality that we might as well play along. Here, monster. That's a nice little monster. is gone and we're all okay but no one will believe our story in the news november 2001 
formerly news. According to Morristown Police Department Detective Rick Harmon, Terry Pease was apparently disrobed and then spray-painted orange with a Halloween-type washable hair coloring before collapsing dead at his cousin's house. Oh. Harmon claims the paint fumes overwhelmed Pease's respiratory system, causing his bronchial tubes to swell and cut off the flow of oxygen to his bloodstream. Ooh, so but so not Goldfinger-type, hey, he was covered completely in paint, so his skin couldn't breathe and he strangled. Uh, Pease allegedly left with three people and then returned several hours later, visibly intoxicated and somewhat disoriented. He was painted on his hair, his face, beard, stomach, groin, and legs. It looked like someone had pulled down his pants, spray-painted him, and then gotten him dressed again. <laughs> Armin said he believes that Pease died as a result of a trick. Also formerly news, October 2000, I'm going to guess it was October 31st. Mm-hmm. Some trick-or-treaters came home with little packets of marijuana done up to look like miniature Snickers bars. <laughs> It's medicinal uh, Halloween candy. That's right. The man handing out the Snickers bars was quickly questioned by police. It turns out that he worked in the dead letter office at the post office. He was told to take some candies and canned goods that ended up in the office uh, over to charity, but he decided to keep them so that he could give them out as Halloween candy to kids, I guess, so that he didn't have to buy any. Uh And he had no idea that they were actually marijuana. From uh, the Chicago Tribune, October 23rd, 1990. So again, formerly news. Mm Mm-hmm. A teen dies during Halloween hanging stunt. I guess there was a teenager who pretended to hang from a gallows as part of a pre-Halloween hayride. Pretended, you say? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Att- guessing... Attempted pretending. Yeah. Oh, attempted pretending. <laughs> Un- unsuccessful pretending. Uh, police said Monday that hayride customers on Saturday found the body of Brian Jewell, 17, hanging from the gallows with his feet still touching the ground. The stunt had worked on other nights and there was no indication of foul play. Prosecutor James Holzopfel said the gallows were being checked for flaws and an autopsy was performed Monday. Uh, he was supposed to have the noose tied around his neck, but it's not a noose the Titans, said the prosecutor. Jewel would step down about one foot to the ground, making it appear he'd been hanged. But during the ride, about 40 people are driven past several Halloween fright exhibits, and the stunt went off without problems earlier in the same day. But the tractor driver became concerned later when Jewel failed to give a speech he normally made as the wagons passed. And probably was a little blue in the face and, you know, uh, maybe... Flies were buzzing around him, laying <laughs> wow. eggs on his lips. He is really into his part. Oh, he, he went full method. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, every time you wrap a rope around your neck and pretend to hang yourself, you're... Uh, you're putting yourself There's in a little bit risk. of danger. I would yeah. really like to know what his speech was, actually. I like I like how he th- the the um, the prosecutor said the noose wasn't supposed to tighten, but even a noose that didn't tighten, if it if the rope came in tight under your neck and cut yeah. off your air supply, it could still kill you. In spite of the fact that the uh, right. the knot at the back wouldn't tighten up against the back of your neck. But you think you'd at least put your hands into it and do like a little bit of a pull up enough to like scream? So that no, it's probably somebody... one of those things that like you'd do it and you'd feel the pressure and then you'd all of a sudden black out and then yeah, you'd, maybe. and then you'd Michael Hutchins yourself. Apparently, his speech should have been, "Kids, don't try this at home." <laughs> yeah, uh. precisely. Pop culture. All right. And there's so, a lot. Greatest mm-mm. Halloween movie of all the t- of all time. Gotta be Ernest Scared Stupid. I was gonna say. <laughs> I watched it. How was do you it? agree with him? I have my opinion on the matter. Let's talk about what happens in it. <laughs> okay. Story begins in nineteenth century Briarville, Missouri. Uh-huh. Tranter, a troll who turns children into wooden dolls to feast upon their energy. What? Attempts to raise his race to dominate all by capturing five children. However, before he can successfully obtain his fifth soul, he is captured by the townsfolk. The village elder, Phineas Worrell, Mm -hmm. Ernest P. Worrell's ancestor, 
uh, has the troll sealed under a young oak tree for some reason. Before being sealed away, Trantor the troll vows that he will be released by a descendant of Phineas and will finish what he started. In addition, Ooh, a prophecy. Is, yeah, in addition, it is said that Trantor put a curse upon Phineas that his descendants would become dumber with each generation. <laughs> Fast forward to the present day, Ernest is a sanitation engineer and he is ordered to clean up the land of the superstitious Francis Old Lady Hackmore, played by Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eartha Kitt. There's a troll and he runs around the town. Uh-huh. And turns children into wooden dolls. Uh-huh. It's great fun. <laughs> I like the dog. Rimshot. Oh, Rimshot, yeah. Rim, he's rim, not bad. Rimshot's comedy gold, but the rest yeah. of it I can't abide by. Yeah. Do you remember you having seen it? Not recently, though. No, I saw it when it came out. Do you remember what the <laughs> troll, what uh, defeated the troll? No, I do not. Milk. 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 Yeah. Actually, nice. are we uh, the the low grade uh, uh, weapon or the high grade weapon? Oh, well, spoiler alert for anybody who's planning on seeing Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, it's a real spoiler. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the high grade weapon was c- totally confusing. I didn't understand it. L- no, no, a no. mother's love or something. <laughs> Luke, Luke Besson totally ripped off Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> the fifth element. Because the fifth element is love, and love killed the super troll at the end. Spoiler. Yeah. All right, I'm telling you. I will say though about that movie. Uh, the trolls looked really good, actually. Like the troll were like you know giant animatronic heads, and they did look really, really good. People don't know this about Jim Varney, but he is a visual effects master. You made that up. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, the Chiodo brothers are credited with special effects for this film, who also made the 1988 film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh yeah, I've seen Ooh. that. Yeah. So in the finale, when all those other trolls come up, a lot of them resemble the clowns. That would explain then how they got that many uh, animatronic impressive troll outfits. For a Varney. For, for a Varney a, movie Ernest. that grossed uh, $14 million total. They made $13.5 million on it. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. And then we got Nightmare Before Christmas. Making Halloween. Making Halloween. 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 I mean, uh, who doesn't love that about, film? Uh, I love about, that film. It, it's a great film. I mean, here's the thing about Tim Burton: is like only, only, uh, only he's capable of marrying Halloween and Christmas and actually making it charming. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a very short pop quiz. Pop quiz. All right. Okay. Bring it on. A Nightmare Before Christmas uh-huh. pop quiz. Okay. This is a voice acting quiz. Yeah. Well then. Oh. Okay. Who plays Sally? I know. Well, which character is Sally? The main character? Sally is the probably Rando. the only female. In the movie, I believe. It's, isn't it Helena Bottom Carter? No. No, it's uh, Tim Burton's wife. What's her no. name? Oh. So you know it. I do know. I do know. It's Catherine O'Hara. That's true. Oh, wow. She, and it's really hard to tell, except at a couple of bits. You're yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But she does a really young voice, and it's really, it's it's impressive. She's oh, yeah. really good. Helena Bottom Carter was uh, was um, Corpse Bride. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why I get the two confused. Catherine O'Hara does another voice, like the three uh, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. She yeah. does the witch character. I can't, I can't. I can always get them confused. No, Locke is played by another famous actor. Yes. Okay. Do you know who it is? Paul Rubin. Yes. Yeah. Paul Rubin's plays Locke. And that's when you can tell it's Catherine O'Hara when the little witchy voice. Uh, okay. It's, it's the kind of the Catherine O'Hara character voice that you hear a lot on SCTV when she mm-hmm. has to, to, to ham it up a bit, or and when she gets frantic in Home Alone. Exactly. And lastly, who does the voice of Jack Skellington? Singing or acting? Oh. 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 Wow. Chris Stewart came correct on the trivia front. (laughs) Is it? um, I have no idea. 
It's not this Johnny. Is, it's not Johnny an, Depp. No, it's another surprise. It's so not you, Johnny you, Depp. You'd be no. Very surprised. Tim Burton just keeps going back to the well on so many other fronts that you just assume it's going to be his regular cavalcade. Well, of characters. if you know who did the soundtrack, if you know who wrote the music, you know who sings. Well, uh, uh, Danny Elfman wrote yes. the music, right? That's right. So he does the voice of Jack Skellington when he's singing. Oh, okay. And it's an impressive match because it's very him impressive. singing as Jack Skellington matches really well with the voice actor they picked. So who's who was the Chris voice actor? Sarandon? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Huh. Who you remember from The Princess Bride, Princess Bride? and yeah. uh, The Resurrected, if you've seen that? No. Yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft. Best, possibly best Lovecraft adaptation. Well, and uh, brother of Susan Sarandon. No. No? Take that. <laughs> it's Halloween <laughs> trivia day. Wow. This is another. No. He, they were married, dude. They were married. Oh. And they divorced, and she kept his name. Oh, but okay. everybody assumes it is a brother and sister thing. I always assume I know, they're yeah. brother and sister. And I know this because I, I, God bless Wikipedia. When I watch movies now, I get all those times you get the, I wonder with uh, what the, and I just go to the phone and I read Wiki while I watch a movie. So watching Fright Night for the millionth time, I was like, oh, I'm going to read up on Chris Sarandon. Yeah, oh, no, okay. he was married right. to You her. know why right. Susan Sarandon kept uh, that name is because her maiden name was Poopy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Poopy Pants. <laughs> And those are the only Halloween movies they made. No, the oh, you guys world? are wrong. I'm so disappointed you guys didn't go further into the list. I really, really am. See, this is why I'm disappointed because there's not a lot of Halloween specific movies. But is Adam's Family a Halloween movie? One of them is a, around a Halloween party. They do have a Halloween party. Okay. I saw uh, last year watch Trick or Treat. Not to be confused with Trick or Treat. There is no. a Halloween oh, really? like a Trick or Treat, which is kind of cheesy and all that. Trick or Treat was filmed locally. What what trick is or it? Treat. I don't trick even know treat. this movie. I've never heard anything it's about it. It's kind of done in that. Um, when did it come out? Are you saying it came out recently? Three or four years ago. What? It's a fairly recent movie. Yeah, Halloween movie shot in Vancouver that came yep. out three or four years ago. Yep. I have no idea what you're talking I actually, about. There's actually a couple of actors in it that I, I uh, people I know from around town. All right, lay it on me. What's it about? It's it's done. In, what do they call it? An anthology. Anthology. Yeah, an anthology movie like Creep Show and stuff like that. Thank you. Okay. All right. That small stories interconnected uh, in a one right. in a one night on Halloween. There's s- several stories going on that are kind of loosely intertwined together. Through all that. right. They're all they're all kind of actually fun to watch. It was not was a it a single movie. director? Or were there many directors oh, that kind that of stitched it together like four rooms? That I don't know. Uh, okay. Directed by Michael Doherty. Produced by Brian Singer. Okay, there we go. And it appears that all four were written by Michael Doherty as And well. Brian Cox and Anna Brian Paquin and are Anna in Paquin, it. Yeah, it's got some oh. names in there. Well, I mean, Brian Singer is Brian Cox and Anna Paquin from X-Men 2. Yeah. And, um, and given the timing, it was probably right around the same around time when they were shooting. Now I kind of sort of want to watch it. It's, yeah, well, yeah. I'm looking at the critical reception section on Wikipedia. It's got 10 out of 10 from Ryan Rotten of Shock to a Drop. Uh, another Dread Central gave it 5 out of 5 stars. Said Trick or Treat wow. ranks alongside John Carpenter's Halloween as traditional October viewing. Yep. And I can't imagine a single horror fan that won't fall head over heels in love with it. It earned 8 out of 10 from Bloody Disgusting. Uh, and they Bloody later ranked, it, ranked the film ninth in their list of top 20 horror films of the decade. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun. Like I said, if if creep show and stuff like that's kind of getting along, how did the I never even hear of it? Like it completely got under the radar. It's eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a must see Halloween film. Yeah, we need to have a Halloween party and watch this later. Yeah, uh, done and done. See you after the show. All right. So Halloween, John you know Carpenter. What? Uh certainly it's the movie that made Jamie Lee Curtis famous. You know, outside of being, you know. I didn't Tony know. Who she, I daughter. never watched horror films when I was a kid, so I, I didn't know her till Trading Places. Same yeah. deal. Oh, okay. It I was still a, haven't seen Halloween. Neither. 
You still haven't seen Halloween? No. Really? It's uh, it's not bad. I mean, if if you were to watch it now after having, you know, 20 years of horror movies in your past, you would probably feel like it's dated and it's uh it's it's weak in a number of ways and it kind of telegraphs a lot of the stuff and some of it's cliché and all the rest of that jazz, but that's because you're seeing it 20 years. Yeah. Was it groundbreaking your... it at the time? Yeah, because yeah. some some of the telegraphing that that he's talking about is is because we've seen it after in other movies. Yeah, so many times. Other times. Okay. Exactly. Like there's a whole sequence where she hides in a closet, right? And I mean, how many times have we seen that since? We've seen it a million times, but that was the first hiding in a closet scene in cinema history. <laughs> well, no, but in like modern, I mean, Brilliant. it came out what like 1977 or something like that. Like yeah. horror movies as we know it, like horror movies that we know of the classic horror genre that's really kind of took off in the 80s. This was kind of the father of that movement, right? Like all the Friday the 13th and all the like serialized kind of horror movies coming out in this era. And Halloween was certainly, if not the first, at the forefront, that whole genre and subgenre. Right? And who's the bad guy in this movie? Uh, his name is Michael Myers. Okay. Not, no relation whatsoever to the comedian. See the one that wears he wears some kind of a mask or he wears a Very white specific mask. mask. Yes. Now here's oh yeah well you guys haven't seen it here's the trivia I mean do you guys know what it's a Halloween mask that was spray painted white oh. you guys have any idea what the mask was originally before it was painted white I know what it no, is I'm, I'm waiting to see if kind of inv- I don't want to look it up online while we're doing this I'm trying to imagine in my head I. I- can kind of see it, but no, I don't know what Dooley it is. McGhost. It's a William Shatner mask. It's a Captain Kirk mask that they painted really? bone white. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> I want to see it. They let the hair get disheveled and it's painted all white. It, it's Yeah. It's, uh, it's creepy. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I actually had the pleasure of working on Halloween Part 8. Oh, nice. <laughs> which went on to be renamed and released as Halloween Resurrection. Okay. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And the uh, the plot was was there was a reality show with a bunch of college kids go to stay at Michael Myers' old house that has been boarded up and abandoned. So is he like a ghost or an, a revenant of some kind? Or? No, he's an, he's a insane. He's a madman. Okay, man. so he doesn't die in any of the movies. Well, I mean, he seemingly dies. He's a very Jason-like character from Friday the Thirteenth. I haven't seen any of those. Oh no, wait, I did see the first one of those. Well, Jason is. I don't understand how these guys keep coming demonic. back. Oh yeah, Jason but, is legitimately demonic. Okay, like, that's coming true. Back from Jason's just a kook who can't, who never dies. Mike, yeah, Michael seems oh, sorry, to be Mike. just uh, incredibly durable. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they, they, that's he, fair. He's, uh, you know, he's portrayed as they always get these incredibly large stuntmen to play him. So it's always guys that are like six three, two hundred and thirty oh, okay. pounds kind of thing. So he's, you know, an imposing physical presence. Has and, any of the movies been like Halloween, the Hunt for Michael? like that where like everyone gets together after all these movies and like let's find this guy no because after the movies are over everybody thinks he's dead and oh, it's not until okay. he resurfaces again yeah, but this has happened so many times yeah but every time they think he's dead they're like finally <laughs> we killed him and then the very next episode starts right this time halloween 12 finally we killed him well halloween part eight was the first time that jamie lee curtis did a halloween movie since, since the H2O. first one no no she oh did, my god she did number one and number two and then she did the 20th anniversary too one much called H two O. Okay. And then she agreed and to chemistry. come. Chemistry. The 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 Halloween eight was the one after H two O, 
and she only agreed to come back for Halloween Eight if, if the she producers, could show if she could be topless. Now, if the produ- I wish if the producers promised to kill her. So uh, okay, yeah, so that yes, she would, we promise. would never be invited back to do another Halloween movie. Yes, because nobody who dies in these movies ever comes back. But I'll tell you, Jamie Lee Curtis is a real class act. She is a consummate professional. She was on set for four days while we were shooting that movie, and she bought the entire crew a uh, little mini Leathermans. So like oh, 120 nice. Leathermans that she had engraved with, uh, you know, good luck, JLC, XOXO. And That's Oh, awesome. did you kiss it? <laughs> I've totally kissed Jamie Lee Curtis's kisses and hugs. Uh, actually, if I remembered, I would have actually brought it here to show you guys all. I still have it. And uh, and every single crew member got a personally autographed 8.5 by 11 photo. From different movies? No, no. It was... <laughs> Topless and trading spaces. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I thought that she certainly went the extra mile for uh, coming out and playing for four days on a you know stupid little slasher movie. TV specials for Halloween. Oh yeah, there are a lot of TV specials talking about the great the great pumpkin. Oh yeah, yeah peanuts. Good old Charlie Schultz. The great pumpkin is classic. Yeah, didn't they do two specials? I don't remember. That's what I remember about all the Charlie Brown specials ever. Yeah. All I remember is I got a rock. It was very interesting that they like completely invented this character, this great pumpkin thing that uh, yeah. you know it, it wasn't derivative or anything like that. Like it was, it was so random and weird. I don't know. Like I always thought that but that was part of the joke. Like yeah. nobody believed it because it was so random and weird. Yeah, except for it was Linus, right? Yeah. Linus, Linus turned out to be the great pumpkin? No, no, Linus was the one who believed. Oh, okay. He was the one who kept staying out in the pumpkin patch. What a sucker. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, his house would be, all his Betamax tapes were being stolen. <laughs> For research last night, I watched as much Treehouse of Horror, the uh, Simpsons. Naturally. Halloween specials as I could. I think I got through about 10 of them. Uh, by season 11, which would be the ninth, the quality just really drops off. But the first six or seven are just pure gold. It's just, it, it releases all the constraints yeah. that the that the writers have on yeah. telling any kind of want. story they want. They can kill people. They can change characters as much as they like. They can set it whenever they want. They can screw around with everything because it's their Halloween special. And you can see them just enjoying themselves and telling all these great stories. And what I liked about the Treehouse of Horror is that you got like the three short stories. That yeah. you get the, uh, you know, a completely different twisted take like three times, right? So that you could like kind of stop and reset and stop and reset. I mean, they were... You know, such like clever little like one joke premises that that's all they really needed, and so that that's why that's why I gravitated towards them. And they all had Kang and Kodos in them. Not all of them. No, I don't know if they, they mostly did. And I remember that there was one where at the the very end of it, they're like, they didn't even have us on this time, <laughs> and they had a little thing at the end. I think the first couple didn't have them, and then when they finally no, they did. no the first yeah, one, the first yeah, one, definitely first one was them. like oh, their. Okay. The Maybe alien the story. first time they showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I stand corrected. The one with the cannibalism. That they thought not oh. the cannibalism, but they thought they were going to eat. You made Sirak the prepare cry. <laughs> if you wanted to make Sirak the prepare cry, mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, with James Earl Jones was in that first one, I believe. That's right. Yes, the, he the was the narrator of the Raven and everything. That's yeah. right. Quote the Raven. Eat my shorts. Real Ghostbusters. I don't remember the Halloween episode. What happened? Well, there's three. Yeah. Oh. There was the original in just Sam Hain, the character Sam Hain, who's like a pumpkin on top of a 
Jedi Rogue, Ragged Ragged Rogue, Forever. Yeah, the night Halloween was forever. Then there was a Return of Halloween two and a half. Yeah, (laughs) Halloween two and a half. Like years later, like in later seasons, which is another Sam Hain. And then seasons were there the real Ghostbusters. You would know that six or seven, depending on how you count. It's something like 141 episodes. It went from Ghostbusters to Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters, and then yes, they had a an, an actual special. Which was Sam Hain wasn't in that at all, and Sam Hain was definitely my favorite the, character. The first Sam Hain one actually ran on the morning after Halloween. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the second one ran the night of, ha- like the day of Halloween. The third one uh, played two nights before Halloween. It was a prime time. It was the only prime time for yeah. Ghostbusters, and it was uh, about this guy who was basically he wasn't really a religious fundamentalist, but. We can standing imagine in for standing one. in for. He believed the Halloween was terrible and, and children shouldn't be subjected to it or any whatever. So he wanted uh-huh. to basically eliminate Halloween. Okay. So he got some of the Ghostbusters technology and he found a way to. Don't remember exactly how it happened, but he did make all Halloween stuff disappear. He built himself a giant anti-Halloween, anti-Halloween cannon <laughs> oh, that nice. needed the PK meter to tune it in. Right. And then the when ghosts. it went off, it somehow shot up into the air but then back down again and it would just yeah. disintegrate costumes yeah, and all pumpkins, pumpkins would disappear and, and stuff like that and, and then written by j michael straczynski yeah absolutely. and we found out that uh there was a halloween covenant that would have been broken because in the ghostbusters universe halloween was created uh to honor this creature uh-huh. this halloween creature called, called no called boogaloo boogaloo <laughs> And so when they stopped having Halloween, Boogaloo came back and a giant demon was roaming the earth. And uh, Dr. Crowley, who was the main bad guy, he was voiced by uh, Michael Rye, who was also the voice of Duke Igthorn in the Gummy Bears and Green Lantern on the Super Friends and the narrator of Space Ace and Dragon's Lair. Oh, the narrator of Dragon's Lair. I remember that. Dragon's Lair. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. One of my favorite Halloween specials is probably the first Buffy the Vampire Slayer Halloween special, season oh. two, episode, I believe, seven. Buffy and the Scooby gang are all kind of expecting the vampires and demons to all have a, a big fun night out on Halloween. Yeah. And Angel points out, no, they think it's kind of tacky. They tend to stay indoors on <laughs> Halloween. So they're like, oh, so we can go have fun? Yeah. And they all they all get dressed up to go to a party. They get costumes from this new costume shop in town and then the big gimmick is the guy who owns the shop is like a chaos sorcerer and so when he casts his spell everybody becomes the thing they dressed, the thing up, they as? dressed up as so oh. xander's dressed up as an army man so he becomes a soldier and uh, willow is a ghost so she's dead and can walk through oh, walls yeah. buffy the tough kick-ass main character is dressed as a princess and she forgets everything she knows and just becomes this terrible a like young Paris girl's Hilton. idea of a princess. Oh, like, yeah. she's just totally weak and can't do anything. Yeah. And then they have to deal with uh, all this stuff going on. And One would think it's so. actually that, really clever. I, yeah, I really like cool. that. Yeah. I was, I was reading that uh, Halloween, uh, it's still not the top revenue generating holiday uh, like it gets trounced soundly by Christmas. Christmas, of yeah. course. Because of course you're buying ticket items for multiple people and all that. Like that's right. a lot of money spent. Uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day beat it out and stuff like that. But just last year, it trumped Valentine's. Like Valentine's is Take kind of that, on the Valentine's. way out. Yeah. And Halloween's on the way up. And it generates roughly like six point something billion a year. Less love, more ghosts. And, yeah. and it turns out. Uh, for those of us who love ghosts. Just love ghosts. Just over two billion is costumes and just under 2 billion is is food and i was like 
the costumes I understand costumes like those purchased ones you buy off the rack like they, 70 bucks or whatever minimum of 40 up right like I can see that but candy mm-hmm. is kind of cheap I was like how does candy match that and then I realized is you got to factor in Halloween Oreos and stuff like that like they are generating <laughs> so much Halloween specific food plus they also count the uh day-old Halloween candy that everyone goes in after Halloween just to eat themselves. Yeah, but you only spend like $2 on those bags. Yeah, but you buy five times as much, so it's all... Well, bounces up. If you're a big little snapshot into Torrin's shopping habits right there. Yeah, Forbes.com is estimating total Halloween spending this year to reach $6.86 billion. They actually break it down into how much is spent on costumes, $1 billion on children's costumes, $1.2 billion on adult costumes, $310 million on pet, pet costumes. costumes. That's a lot of pumpkin dogs. $310 million on pet costumes. One of these days I'm going to dress my dog as Batman because he's halfway there already. <laughs> he's a man? I like the way that it goed. Okay. And by goat, I meant went. 